Happy hump day, everybody. Welcome into the pod at the palace. I'm Curtis Wilgerson, joined by my colleague and resident ball knower, Scotty Bordelon, here from Natty State Sports Studios in Fayetteville. We've got a jam-packed show today that I think people are going to be really excited about. Uh, but before we get started, just want to hit everyone with a quick reminder on all the ways you can watch and listen to our content at Natty State Sports. After all, we're not even a month old yet, so some of you just might not know where to find us. Uh, be sure to hit us with a subscription uh, on the Natty State Sports YouTube channel where you can find all of our shows. I mean, that's the Pot at the Palace, the Six Pack, the Bombastic Baseball Pod with Andrew, the, the John Neighbor Show, our weekly wagers betting show, uh, the Boss Hog Podcast, uh, you name it, we've got it, and all of our shorts are there too. So it's all free, uh, but we'd really appreciate you clicking that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. You can also find most of our content uh, in podcast form, that's Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Audible, you name it, we are definitely there. Now that that's out of the way, let's get to it. Uh, Scotty, uh, first, let's touch on this very briefly because we had different plans for this episode today, uh, but we would be doing a disservice if we didn't touch on it at least. Uh, Devo's back with the team, must announce that on his radio show Monday night. Uh, just your maybe initial reactions to his return. Uh, heard it was a possibility a few days ago. And then mm -hmm. was told that he was at practice like at, like at three o'clock on Monday. I guess it was uh, heard that he was at practice, and then you know it's just kind of a wait and see if they're going to put anything out there. You know, you kind of figure the answer is going to be no, and then under or then realizing that it's an Eric Musselman radio show on Monday, that's where the news is going to drop. And that's that's kind of where we are now. Like that's yeah. the that's the breaking news hub for Arkansas basketball at this point is yes. Eric's radio show. Because we don't get to talk to him. We don't anymore. It seems like before games. Uh, listen, with Devo, happy he's healthy, happy he's safe. I'm happy he's back. Um, I don't know if this is going to change the dynamic with this team at all. Uh, and I'm very anxious to see how it works out. Like I don't I don't know the exact circumstances with everything that's been going on. Uh, but I do know he's been gone on, and like away from the team for a couple weeks. And maybe you've had communication with him. Maybe you haven't. Uh, but like we said last week, like you haven't been with him shooting in a gym, right? I mean, exactly. those guys have been grinding. You haven't been there. Um, so we'll see how it'll be received in the locker room. Like I, I imagine it'll be good, but I don't know that it, that'll be a unanimous thing throughout the locker room. Sure. Um, you know, especially if he's right back to playing, you know, 30 minutes a night, maybe at the expense of others we'll see how it goes. Um, I'd, I'd say if you want to hear us talk more in depth about that, tune in to, uh, to Tuesday's John Neighbor show because that's uh, that's going to be a heavy topic there. But I don't know about you, Scotty, but we got other things to talk about, and I'm kind of excited about it, man. Um, portal season, which is about a month out. You know, this, this has been a rough go for the Razorback basketball team. Uh, I'm kind of excited to see what comes next. And, and so what we wanted to do today – uh, was really just kind of set the table for for expectations. And, and we're going to operate under the assumption that Eric Musselman will be the head coach at Arkansas. Um, if he's not, well, obviously that, that'll change some things. Uh, but I think, Scotty, the first thing that we have to do here uh, is kind of figure out the numbers because it, it's going to be a roster flip. For sure. Uh, but what are they guaranteed to be working with, you know, and, and how do we feel about, you know, how, might, how this might shake out and, and how many scholarships are going to be open um, first I'll set the table with L Ellis, Dennis J. Harris, Chandler Lawson, Jalen Graham, Makai Mitchell, Jeremiah Davenport are all out of eligibility. So that that's six open spots minus the two incoming freshmen. So in theory, you're going into the off season with four openings, but maybe we should play a little stay or go with the rest of these guys here, because I, I have a feeling they're not all going to be back. Um, let's start with the returners, Scotty, and just kind of roll through this fairly quick. Uh, Devo technically has another year. I don't I, think he's coming back, bro. I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I can't envision a world where he would come back for another year. Mm -hmm. Like he's he's already kind of tested the waters, um, and got like a workout, a draft workout yeah. last year. Um, I think it's it's probably time for him to explore some professional options. Learn or something, Chinese. Something. So something beyond college. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Um, yeah. I'm with you, man. I'd be very, very surprised if, if he was a, a fifth year, a senior at Arkansas next year. I don't even, like, don't know if like our, like we don't know what next year looks like. Who knows? For yeah. the entire program. Um, so don't know if, you know, he even wants to do that or if, you know, everything stays status quo 
you know, with, you know, leadership, um, right. you know, they might encourage, like, they, they, they do a good job of, like, maybe encouraging guys to go take a professional, like, just go start your professional career, because if you keep staying in college for this, that would be, next year would be Devo's fifth year, that's taking a year off of your professional clock, yeah. and that, that's something they've talked with, with guys in the past about. Exactly. Just yeah. go ahead and start your pro clock and get... Go get some money. hundred percent. And it doesn't even have to be like draftable guys like you're alluding right. to. I mean, they did that with JD. They did it with Audis. Yeah. Um, even Amude, who I would argue that he he maybe should have been drafted. But, you know, um, I, I think that's probably what we're looking at here. Uh, Trevin Brazil is an interesting one um, because he his stock has dropped. I, I think that's fair to say. It but yeah. he's already transferred once. Um, he would not be eligible for a grad transfer. We'll see what they do with the, the whole two-time transfer thing and, and, and how that rule kind of pans out. I know it's like in the courts or whatever now. Um, personally, I lean towards he's going to declare for the draft anyway, go to the combine and try to show out because this draft class sucks. And so whether he came back next year and had a hell of a season at Arkansas or somewhere else, I don't know that he would put himself in a better position because it, like, he could he could have a, a poor year now with Arkansas and there's there's still a chance he could be a first round draft pick. Yeah, I mean I think if if TB's healthy, I think there is um, I think there's a lot of interest in him because like even when even if he was if his stock hadn't slid like it has, um, I mean he's still he's he's going to be a project. Yeah, I think at, at the next level, um, and there's there's just you can't tell me that there's not going to be, if TB shows up at the NBA combine, there's not going to be a lot of people that are interested in like every move that he makes. Um, and so I think he's got the interest of a lot of basketball minds and I, it would be a, a go for me. I just don't think like go prove yourself at the combine instead of coming back to school and proving yourself over a 35 game season, go yeah. prove yourself during the summer Yeah, um, and make, make somebody's mind for them. Yep. I'm, I'm thinking we're on the same page there. Uh, Joseph Pinion Listen, man, like, uh, he's been here two years. He's been a hell of a teammate. He's worked hard. He's improved, absolutely. And I have no idea what way he's leaning or if he's even thought about it yet. We're just, we're kind of spitballing here. I personally would be surprised if a guy like that is back unless he just really, really loves it at Arkansas. Like, if he wants to go the, somewhere. He just wants to wear the hog across his chest. Yeah, then, then sure. Otherwise, you know, maybe needs to drop down a little bit level wise and and try to build himself back up that way and then and then maybe he gets back to a high major at some point uh i would be surprised there i was honestly semi-surprised that, that he came back this year Agreed. um yep and again it's not you know insider knowledge of how joseph pinion's feeling or his camp or anything like that it's just you know if, if you haven't played somewhere or found a role in two years like chances are you're you know you're going to look elsewhere so it wouldn't surprise me there um two guys that are interesting to me, one being Caleb Battle. He only has one year remaining, so he, he could theoretically come back. He's already a two-time transfer, so this will be a third time for him. He's already used the grad transfer thing. I get the hunch he might be on the uh, Aldis-Tony plan of you ain't getting drafted, dude, but you're probably going to gonna start that clock. What, what yeah. do you think? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm with you too. I think... Um, I think there's a landing spot somewhere. Who, like, where that is, I don't know. Um, but I think if you look at the totality of KB's game, like he's 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 gifted on offense, and you know maybe you, you find the right situation for him professionally. I think he could really take off. Um, defense clearly needs some work and some attention, especially. <laughs> after we you know we asked on the you asked me on the last podcast why I thought that KB didn't play a whole lot against LSU and I was like oh it's because he's getting his two-point attempts blocked and um you know he got a three-point attempt blocked well, he gave up some threes too like so he was he was very in the in the negative uh against LSU but he's he's gifted enough offensively where he can go he can go start making some maybe more than college money uh elsewhere so I, I would I would be really surprised if he Stayed in college next year, whether it's Arkansas or elsewhere. Uh, I think it's I think it's about time that he starts focusing on a pro career. I think so too. Uh, Tremont Mark, interestingly enough, has two years of college eligibility pro. remaining. Um, he's got to take advantage of a weak ass draft. Like, yeah, he just has to. Like, yeah. he's 
he was at the Houston program, kind of developed a reputation there for some other things, you know, defensively being coachable, whatever. Um, he's proven that he was an underrated offensive player here at Arkansas. Yep. What else does he have? He doesn't have anything left to prove. No, not at um, all. And, and we we've talked we talk all the time about um, he's got the most pro ready offensive bag right now. I mean, there's going to be we can go guy by guy and be like, the, there's a bunch of things that you got to get cleaned up with with each of these guys um, for them to maybe mm -hmm. have a long career playing professional ball. But Tremont Marks' offensive bag's not going anywhere, and I think if he you know, gets into that mode where, you know, he's not having to worry about school and he can just focus on, on ball. He's probably going to be in the gym a lot yeah. and he's, he's going <clears> to improve, you know, on the whole, uh, he's, a, I think he's a pro right now. Like his, his offensive skill set is beyond college. Yeah. Yep. And there's three other guys here. We'll kind of lump them together, even though their situations are obviously different. Uh, Keon Minifield. I mean, he, he's going to have two years of eligibility remaining, He's not a grad transfer, but he has already transferred. So again, like that two-time thing might come into play here. Uh, and then two freshmen, you know, Layden Blocker and Bayfall. Um, I think you're probably you, maybe you're looking at getting one out of those three back. Um, yeah. Be, like absolute best case scenario. So you're not keeping all three of them. You're just not. I don't, yeah, I don't think so either. And I'm going to be like, honest with you, I think, like, best case, you keep one of the guards. Yeah. And we'll see what they do with Bay. Like, that, we'll see. He, yeah, Bay just, Bay seems very long, like a long-term deal. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, ideally, like, I know that it's the next topic coming up, but it's like, what do you need out of the portal? Yeah. But what can you keep from this current roster that you think can benefit you moving forward? I think it's one of the guards. Yeah. Right, like it it obviously hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows for Layden or Keon um, to this point in the season. I like them both. I, I would think, like to keep think, them both. Yeah, I think you would like to see what you can do with at least one of those guys. They get a year older. Um, maybe the game slows down for them a little bit. I think they could pay you some dividends. But I, th I think you might want to try to keep on one of, one of those guys at the very least. Yeah, I think so too, and – um, you know, I'm just being honest here when I say like, I would not be surprised in the, in the least if Arkansas had two or fewer of that group of eight guys we just talked about returning. Like, I, I just think that's where they're at. And I, I don't know, like, obviously things can change over the course of the next month. I don't know how much they're going to, um, you know, conservatively speaking, let's say that they kept three of those eight guys and you add that on, you know, that, that's five openings on top of the four that you already have. I mean, that, that's nine guys out of the portal and that's conservatively speaking. Like right. we, we've talked the past few weeks about like, Hey, they might bring in 10 dudes. No, really though. And, and so that's why we did this. Like we wanted to kind of run through these guys and be like, listen, it's new look hogs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, no get joke. ready for it. Like we've already got 12 guys on the board behind us and there's probably, we're about to double it. That we are double it and some. And that so we you, are. You've got to have, you got to have your options wide open, and you know, start really identifying some things that you like really, really, really need. Yeah. And so we've got, you know, kind of a handle on the numbers now. I think we're operating at, I mean, I think nine minimum. Like hell, I don't know if they'll fill all those scholarships. Whatever. Sometimes must will keep one open. I, you know, yeah. we'll see. But that's a lot of dudes to get in. Um, so let, let's start diving into these needs real quick and maybe just kind of maybe we can try to power rank them a little bit by importance in terms of, you know, what they need. Because to me, correct me if I'm wrong here, but unless like Tremont Mark decides for some reason to come back to Arkansas, like there are zero starters penciled in. Right. Like there are zero rotation guys for sure penciled in. So you're kind of operating with a blank canvas here. Like what positionally or type of player, like, where do you think they should start, Scotty? Like, like what what should you try to get and then build around from there? Obviously, they're going to need to get everything, but there are specific yeah. players and specific types of guys at each position. Based on the shit show we've seen this year, like, where should it start? I think it should start there with J.P. Pegues or Marcus Foster. Like, it's got to be a guy that can be a point guard or just a guy that you can build your entire team around. Yep. And the inconsistencies this season have been with point guard. Mm -hmm. Like, the the season's kind of going 
downhill in no time. Um, and the bigs are playing, the bigs are fine. It's just, it's the lack of, we don't like, who do you think is going to start at point guard on Saturday? Who do you think is going to start knows, at point dude. guard the next game? Yeah. Like there, there's so much inconsistency and just, it's just the, the biggest question mark you can imagine at point guard. You've got to, they don't, they don't know who their primary ball handler is on a night to night basis. You just know that at some point, Tremont Mark's going to start dominating the ball. And we don't even know if that's good for this team. And so I think it's got to start at point guard. Uh, you've got to yeah. have a guy that's that's on the floor getting – A floor general. A floor general. And mm. to me, like J.P. Pegues, not even available in the portal yet. Don't, like don't even know if he's got any desire to do that. Hell, he could go pro like after this season. Yeah. You know, he could go start making some real money because I can't imagine he's making a lot at Furman. Um <laughs> You know, unless people are diving into their four hundred one k's and start paying this dude, sure. But I think it's it, it, it has to start there. Like the it, you you need to get the head of the head of your snake. Yeah, you got to get at least one of those guys, and maybe it's a point guard and a go to guy. Mm-hmm. Like because Tremont Mark, why would he come back? Right. So you need a guy that can facilitate, set up, get you organized on offense and defense. Like. A point guard is really valuable on defense too, just making sure everybody's situated. They know what you know, um, know what the what the game plan is, what the scheme is, and then offensively getting everybody. Like, can you score? And then can you facilitate? And can you lead? I think it starts there. And then if that's not a go-to type guy in a point guard, go get you a go-to type guy. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm with you. And, and we didn't talk about this before we started recording here, but point guard was at the top of my list. Like yeah, that's just gotta have it. The lack of one this year. I mean, it's this has been a problem. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think I agree with that. And, you know, from there, it's like, I think it's a pretty safe bet they're going to get the prototypes this mm-hmm. year. Like, if they can find the point guard that's 6'6", and, you know, switchable and everything else, like, they'll do that. But if it's not the point guard, I mean, you look at the numbers of guys they're going to have to have here, um, they're going to get, what, four at least – of those kind of guys who are just in that six five to six seven range yeah. that are just, you know, tough ass, defensive minded, you know, long, versatile guys For sure. that can play the Aldis Tonys, the Stanamudes. You know, you can go on and on down the list, but they're going to bring in several of those guys. He t- must. He's dropping hints. <laughs> you know, he's Don't dropping hints, wing man. Wing. Yeah, you like, know, he started saying that in the Bahamas. Right. That's not going to be an issue. And it's going to be those guys who, if he decides he wants to go with a huge-ass lineup like he did a couple years ago, um, then he can do that. And it'll be an Aldis Tony type dude playing the two. Right. Or, you know, you could go small and have that dude playing the four. It's those kind of guys who can play that two, three, four spot and just give you a, a ton of flexibility defensively. They're going to bring in a bunch of them. And that's kind of why, man, like if you look at our board – a majority of it is it's those kind of guys, you know, because we just know that they're going to emphasize that so heavily. So yeah, like that's a given. And I think you can probably, or hopefully find if it's not your point guard, like your go-to type of guy there, because I do think it needs to be a guard or a wing. Right. For that, for that type of guy who can create. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, From there though, you know, I, I think that they need, Maybe some, maybe a stretch forward type, you know, with some length and some skill, and and by that I mean, a, a guy who, in theory, is like Trevin Brazil, who could play the four or the five, but do it effectively. All right, I mean that it's sad. That would be that, ideal. That's that, that's where we've been at. <laughs> um, you know, I didn't think that I would be in February of this year and be saying, yeah, I think they they should probably try to get a guy like Trevin Brazil, but it wouldn't be that hard to get someone who's better. Yeah, uh, to fill that role. But then I also think that they could benefit from having some of those hybrid guys, uh, you know, that's uh, just like the Justin Smith types, man. And I know they're so hard to find, and we're, you know, it's it's a pie in the sky thing here. But when Arkansas got Justin Smith, it wasn't like, oh damn, you know, this is this is it, this is the diamond in the rough. I you really know? Rem- I remember when Justin Smith committed to Arkansas. I talked to a uh, an Indiana writer. Um, I was like, what's it, what's he gonna like? What is he gonna bring? And then you know, it's you know probably four to five points uh, a night. 
and then he might hit the glass. You know, he's going to get out and transition and run for you. And then I, th- I remember writing later that year, one of my predictions was like, Justin Smith's going to average 10 and 5 or 10 and 6, but it's going to look pretty impressive when he does it. We need one of those. Yeah. And then as a guy that like, maybe the first round of the tournament when he's got like a massive mismatch, he can go for, you know, 20 and 10. Yeah. It's one of those type guys where he can be, you know, throughout the course of the season, he can be a role guy, but in certain instances he can be a star mm-hmm. um, in very individual games. He can be a star for you. I think that's, you know, I don't know who that exactly that is because a lot of these guys up here don't seem like role players to me, mm. but I think they can be stars in their role. And I think that's, that's exactly what you want. And I think it's one of those tweener type guys. Um, and I think you just need guys who are okay playing a role and just sticking with it. Right. Know, just understanding that. Which is kind of how we built out the board here. Yeah. You know, like Anderson Garcia and Chris Moore, you know, guys back there. Like, those are not – like, our, if Arkansas gets those guys, like, don't expect them to come in here and average a double-double or something. Yeah. But, yeah, like, be a star in your role and be able to accept that because I do think that's part of the problem with this team is, uh, you know, fair or not, like, guys came in here with certain expectations of – what their role would be, and when it's less than they expected, they haven't handled it well. No doubt. And then it's fluctuated a lot, and so that complicates matters more. Yeah, I think there's like definitely, like what we've even got up here right now, there's tiers to it. It's like a guy that you can build around, um, you know, maybe a a top dog in the front court or two, Mm -hmm. and then energy guy, energy guy, um, a big you know, a wing guy that can really, like, really fill it up for you on a given night. Um, and then just guys that will just do the dirty work. Like, you need all of those different pieces, and it's different guys that, you know, have to complement each other for your for your team to click. And you um, got to you gotta get a couple actual big men. Yeah. Like, like big men. Yeah, there's not, like, <laughs> not act- we don't really have any big men on mm-hmm. this board right now. We've got some guys that are, you know, intriguing at like six eight or six nine, yeah. but they're not going to be, you know, major rim protectors or anything SEC like that. SEC starting but, centers, which right, is what but, they're going to need. Yeah, but I think we can change that today. I think we're about to change that uh, right now. Actually, uh, what we did is essentially, you know, we've got a dozen or so targets already on the on the big board. You know, right now behind Scotty, and it's all it's guys who are off of teams Arkansas has played already this season. Why? Well. Like, we know Muss has a knack for identifying players he's prepped for and coached against and bringing them in. Uh, and so what we're going to do today, we thought about going, like, conference by conference or whatever, but and, and we probably will before it's all said and done, but what we've done is kind of picked out 14 schools is what we wound up going through with coaches who are, like, either very much on the hot seat or nearing the end of their careers or coming up as, like, very hot candidates who – are likely to take other jobs in the offseason. And the theory behind that is like when there's a coaching turnover, it's more likely players off those teams are going to explore their options. Sure. Right. So like it, it's more likely that players off these teams will be available than others. And so we went through a list and I'll, I'll throw out the schools real quick. I mean, it was USC, Louisville, Miami, Kansas State, Michigan, Florida Atlantic, Washington, Florida State, Stanford, Oklahoma State, Ohio State, Arizona State, Minnesota, and Vandy. So that, that's a lot of high major programs. Some are, you know, again, like older coaches might be getting ready to retire. Um, young up and coming coaches who might dip out or just programs that should be better than they are. And, and they might be firing their coach here soon. Right. Um, and, and so we kind of took these, I think you took the, uh, the odd numbers and I took the even and we rolled through them. Uh, but let's talk about some of these guys because man, like we, we just went through this and, you know, again, trying to be as realistic as possible. I thought, I thought there was a, a pretty good amount of, of players we could work with. I will go ahead and, and start by saying um, I just skipped over Louisville because I'm I'm <laughs> I'm past that. Like I'm done with that experiment. And I'll go ahead and say I skipped over Washington. Yeah, and so we both took a look at a couple rosters and we were like, nah, fam. No offense it's, to Washington, <laughs> but the guys that you would want from Washington are like Keon Brooks, who like next year would be like an eighth year guy, seventh yeah. or an eighth year guy. So you're not you're not you're not gonna pluck that guy away. Right. And Louisville's Louisville. It's Louisville. So yeah. we're just we'll just leave it at that. Uh, so Scotty, let's start with you. I know there was uh, one guy in particular that that caught your interest. USC. Yeah, Vincent Iwuchukwu. 
You did want I a say, big man? Did I say that? Did I say that right? S- sounds good to me. Seven one two forty. Uh, it says his birthplace is in San Antonio, so he's you know not not unfamiliar with uh, with the South. You know, he's just he is he's an imposing figure. When was the last time Arkansas had an imposing figure in the lane? When was that? Connor Vanover. <laughs> Couldn't even get it out of my mouth. <laughs> was it legitimately Daniel Gafford? I think like so. Like a guy that, yeah. you know, you start. You're a say. You're it's a guard. You're six four. Mm-hmm. You're driving the lane. You see Daniel Gafford. You're probably thinking, uh, probably need to change my plans here. Yeah, I'm not attacking the lane if Daniel Gafford's standing there. Well, Vincent Iwuchukwu is seven one two forty, grown man. Um, what I wrote down in my notes here, I was looking at his bio at USC. It's already he's it. had cardiac arrest, and he had lumbar discectomy. Might be bad red, heart, bad back. Might be red flags. Yeah, but is he worth taking? You know, a flyer on. It worked out for for uh, Kansas State with. I can't remember his name now. Johnson. Oh, Keontae, uh, Keontae Johnson. Yeah, yeah Keontae the Florida Johnson. kid. Yeah, he was he, right. yeah, he was electric. But mm. um, he will chuck with this year. Like he like he's in his second year. Like he's in his sophomore year at USC. So he hasn't hasn't transferred anywhere. And he's still you know pretty young and moldable. Um, I would say not going to shoot threes. He knows you know he knows to stay in his lane. Um, very much so a better shot blocker his freshman year than than his sophomore year to this point but he's gone through it yeah he's gone through it since that freshman year but I think there's I think there's a lot of upside there and you know I think at, at this point it's kind of if you if you see a guy available at seven one two forty, I think you I think you got to check him out um you know especially the way that you know Arkansas has been protecting the protecting the rim lately right and yeah like usc is is an interesting one to keep an eye on because you know andy infield's been there for a while they've kind of underachieved a lot of spotlight on him with brownie james coming into the season that that team they stink man like that it's been a mess they've got isaiah collier boogie ellis yeah and who else brownie and they just yeah they stink yeah it's it's just been it's been tough on them so i i wouldn't really be surprised to see a change there to see kind of a max exodus so this would be a name that wouldn't surprise me at all uh, to come available, and the first team I really looked at was Kansas State, Love it. Uh, who beat Kansas yesterday. <laughs> so so good for them. Uh, but it's a really interesting bunch to keep an eye on. If Jerome Tang, who would be a candidate at Arkansas if they were to have an opening, uh, leaves, and the thought process behind that, it's like, oh well, he's only in his second year there. He's done well. Uh, as I understand it, there's a lot of animosity there uh, and resentment between him. And administration because of the way the whole Naquan Tomlin situation was handled. Okay. Um, who's at Memphis now. Mm-hmm. And it's to the point where, you know, he's popped up as a candidate for a lot of a lot of the similar jobs that, you know, we've heard Muss's name mentioned with Louisville, some others. Uh, so it wouldn't be surprising at all to see him go. Um, and if he does, obviously there's gonna be a lot of guys there who opened up. The first one that pops up to me is 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 they've got a guard in Cam Carter. Who I really, really like, man. I mean, he he started his career at Mississippi State, actually. I don't even remember him being there. I really don't either. Uh, but he, I think he actually might qualify as a grad transfer, though, because he has been at Kansas State for a couple years now. Uh, so you'd have to keep an eye on that. But he strikes me as a potential game changer. I mean, he's 6'3", yeah. 200, so uh, tall enough, but he's got some, some bulk to him. Uh, he's a little bit turnover happy, but he's also a go getter, right? Like he's he's a bucket getter. So yeah, he had nineteen and eleven against Kansas. Yeah, nineteen and eleven minutes. against Kansas. He stretches the floor. Played uh, all forty five minutes. Yeah, sixteen five and three on the season. He's averaging nearly two steals per game too. Uh, so I I really really like him as kind of that go to kind of guy who could be your your primary ball handler uh, at Kansas State. Man, like they've got a bunch of dudes. Honestly, like. Arthur Kaluma is an incredible fit and a guy who they should have targeted harder last year. I loved him at Creighton. Yeah, he yeah. killed it at Creighton. 6'7", 225. He's that dude who can play the 3, 4, or the 5 for you. I just don't know about his situation because he's only been there for a year. I think he's going to go pro. Uh, he's got college eligibility left. I think he'd go pro. Uh, but a sneaky one to keep an eye on, and remember this name, is R.J. Jones. And he's a, he's a freshman guard with Kansas State. Like If you look at his stats, you won't be impressed by him. 
He's had some moments. Uh, I think he had 14 on South Dakota State earlier in the season. He's played here and there, uh, you know, in Big 12 play as a true freshman. But I sat at an EYBL event in Kansas City with Gus Arginal before his senior year started, and he went on and on and on and on about how much they loved this kid. I mean, they freaking loved R.J. Jones. Okay. They were just too late getting into it. And the other thing was they had already signed Blocker. They already had him locked up, so they weren't trying to add another one at that position. But I get the feeling, you know, if that dude were to come available, like, listen, if Arkansas has got nine or ten scholarships to fill, they're not going to get all stars, right? Sure. Like, you got to have those role guys um, young guy with high upside that they saw something in. Like if, if RJ Jones pops up, that's probably one, uh, probably one to pay attention to. And then Scotty, I know you went to, man, you had Miami. I was kind of pissed that we, we split these up every other one. Um, and you had Miami because they got, they got some dudes. They do. We'll go Poplar six, five, one ninety seven. Um, he's in his third year at Miami now. You look at the three-point numbers. He's almost a thirty-nine percent three-point shooter for he's his a career. Stud. This dude's a stud. I mean, that's that's pretty solid. And just you know, not only comes from a a conference like the ACC that's tough, um, sh- shoots the ball really well. He's over forty-three percent from three this season alone. Uh, over thirty-seven percent last season. And I think this pop this popped into my mind when I was looking into him uh, today. And, and I thought back to when Tremont Mark committed to Arkansas and signed with Arkansas, that Tremont had all of the NCAA postseason experience that you wanted. Like, he's been on the stages that Arkansas basketball wants to get to. Yep. Wooga Poplar's got Final Four and Elite Eight experience. Yeah. Two different seasons. Went to an Elite Eight, went to a Final Four. Um, so he, know, he knows about winning. He knows what winning is like. And you want guys that come from winning programs instead of guys that – you know, come from other ACC programs like Louisville. <laughs> Luga Poplar really stands out. Um, so yeah, I, I really like him. He's he's like that. He's a he's one of those tweeners at six five, but it's not like he's he's a light six five. He's almost two hundred pounds, so he's he's well put together. Yeah, he is. Um, if Jim Laranega likes him, it's hard for me not to like him. Yeah, and and that's the other thing. Like with you know with Laranega, he's just that guy who's getting older and older and older, and. This season, you know, they brought a lot back yeah, from the Final gone, Four it team. It hasn't gone as well as they Dude, they scored they 38 thought. points on Virginia. I know Virginia D's up. They scored 38 points on them last night. That's their lowest ever in an ACC game. Yeah. yeah Did you ideal. see the timeout where it was a 30-second timeout and it's like the whole team, you know, is like meeting on the floor huddled. Larenega's the only dude just sitting on the bench. He just looks defeated. He didn't even get in the <laughs> huddle. And so that's why I added him to the list. I was like, oh, damn, he's checked out. Maybe Wilga Poplar doesn't want to play at, at, uh, at Virginia anymore. Right. I mean, you can go try your hand at Tennessee or Kentucky or something like that. Well, he actually <laughs> yeah. played it at Kentucky earlier this year, I think. So, yep, yep. Um, not unfamiliar. And they got another guy, right, a youngster that you like? Yeah, I really like Kaishan George. Um Bigger than Poplar, 6'8", 205. Switzerland. He's a, he's a freshman this year. Yeah, he's an um, international international talent. 41.5% three-point field goal percentage on good volume. Um, it's, At that it's, size? It's one thing to shoot 40, 40, almost 42% from three on like, you know, 30 or 35 attempts a year, but he's getting them up. Um, and that's – I love the volume above 43% from three in, in ACC play. Um, so it's not like he's just doing it against North Carolina A&T or Morgan State, uh, yeah. Stonehill, Elon, those those teams. He's doing it against, you know, some some competition that's got really good athletes, can can close out on you. So, uh, yeah, I like him. Plus that he's from Switzerland. So yeah, uh, probably going to stay pretty even keel all the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very neutral kind of guys. <laughs> and the, the one thing about Miami, though, as we know, their NIL situation, especially in basketball, is uh, it's no joke. So, yes. uh, you know, you might have to to empty the bag, especially for a dude like Wuga Poplar. But he kind of qualifies as one of those guys that you can really build around. He's a hell of a player. Yep. Um, I had Arizona State, and it's interesting, man. Like, I, I wonder if that marriage with uh, with Bobby Hurley might be approaching a divorce. Like, it's just – it just ain't been working um, the way they thought it would. I've watched this team. I don't like them. I really don't. Uh, yeah. they cost me some money in the Bahamas. We talked just about that earlier. Don't know what to expect from them night to night. It's Sounds a weird kind the, of familiar. The roster, yes, it, the roster reminds me a lot of Arkansas's, and so I'm hesitant with guys 
you know, but hey, like they did produce Jalen Graham. So let's, yeah, let's be Graham's honest. Arkansas's best player at the moment. Yeah. So maybe you do need another guy from there. They have a hell of a lead guard though, in Frankie Collins, who I I really really like this kid. He's a hell of a lot of fun. He's got a big personality. Um, I appreciate his stat line. Like you can see it if you're if you're watching this on YouTube. Thirteen and a half points, four point six rebounds, three and a half assists. Uh, he's also averaging three point one steals per game, which is crazy. Ooh, love that. uh, that'll play, even though he's not a great shooter. He's a sub thirty percent shooter from three. You got to do something. To, you got to do. You got to be great at something else if you can't shoot it. Exactly. And if you you know if you can score it, obviously he can. But you know you're grabbing rebounds at the point guard position. Must loves that. Uh, good assist right there. Um, and three steals a game. That's, that's JD Note. You know senior year level stuff right there. Uh, I I really like this Frankie Collins kid. Again, um, a guy that I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him come available. Whether Hurley's back or not, those Arizona State guys hit the portal all the time, and he would be one that would definitely, definitely have my attention. I, I like this dude a lot. Move on to Michigan. We have we saw Michigan play a couple times in person. We did. Yeah. Yeah, down in the Bahamas. Yeah, I love Terrence Williams II. Um, he respect. I, I looked at his bio earlier, um, and it said that he respectfully asked that you include the second at the end of his name. So oh. I'm going to – you know, do the man a solid. Terrence Williams the second, six seven, two twenty five. Also in his bio, he's a hybrid forward. Great. Um, which I feel like every forward in basketball now is a is a hybrid. Yeah. Um, especially <laughs> the ones that Arkansas likes. Um, but strong rebounding, known for consistent defensive efforts. I think you need that. You need all of that. Um, I don't know that Arkansas's got gotten consistent efforts defensively from pretty much anybody this year. No. Um efficient shooter. 12 and a half points per game, minutes later for Michigan. He's almost shooting 40% from three. So there's a lot to there's a lot to like with with Terrence Williams. And he's like he's that tweener that you really like. Like he's six seven, can step out and shoot, but he he's also, a, you know, he likes I think at two twenty five, I think if you're a guy that's, you know, two fifteen plus, like you probably at that size, you're a guy who, you know, really likes contact. So, yeah, he's got some meat um, on his bones. Yeah, I like some, that. You need some toughness. Um, whether it's on the perimeter or in the interior, I think Terrence Williams is a is a guy that could give that to you. That Jawan Howard situation's tough in Michigan. That was an easy one to include. That that yeah. whole that ordeal is that's uh, tough, man. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. Uh, kind of the opposite end of the spectrum is Florida Atlantic. Uh, man, that's such a fun team. They are so fun to watch. Oh. The only reason they were on this list is because I, I just am very confident that Dusty May is going to get a big job this offseason. Uh, this was a Final Four team last year that ran it back. Like They, they were able to bring yeah. all those dudes back. And again, like if even if Dusty May were to return, with the trajectory that some of these guys are on, I just don't know that Florida Atlantic can pay them in yeah, NIL to keep them for another yeah, year. For I don't sure. know how the hell they did it this year. I don't know that they're going to be able to do it again. Uh, so if, if Dusty May leaves or, you know, some of these guys start checking out their options, here's the deal. If any of these dudes hit the portal, they will immediately become hot, hot commodities. Like, they're the real deal. And John L. Davis, the first guy here, Nellie Davis, is a dude who you throw – you put together seven figures. I'm not bullshit. Like seven figure NIL package, and you get that dude. Yeah, uh, look at he's that. I mean, incredible. He's a six four guard that averages seven rebounds a game. Dude, he is Come unreal. On. Um, I think he's one of the best guards in the country. Like, yeah, he's he is a he's physical. He's slippery. He plays on both ends. He can shoot the three. He's got the Tremont Mark mid range. Forget that. He's got the Jimmy Witt mid range. Like he he is automatic. Um, that dude, he's an all-league guy in the SEC from day one. There's no doubt in my mind he would be the best player on Arkansas's team right now, hands down. I watched him cost me money and beat Arizona by himself, like by himself, 35 points. He was 14 to 21 from the field against Arizona. He cooked those dudes. And so, like, they've got some other guards like that you take in a heartbeat. Like, Elijah Martin's really good. Nick Boyd is really good. But John L. Davis is him. Like, that is the yeah. – you want to you want to get a star and build around him, that's your kind of guy. But if their big man hits the portal, he he's exactly what you need. It'd be tough in the to paint. not go after him. Vlad Golden is awesome. I yep. love that dude. Uh, if you haven't watched him play, like you're really missing out. He's basically like Florida Atlantic. They they have four true guards, and they just put him in the paint and let him protect. The 7-1-240. We've already talked about one guy who's that big. Yep. Uh, but he is just the ultimate 
ultimate glue guy on both ends of the floor. Um, and he should be a grad if he's looking to transfer. It, this dude, I mean, he averages 14 and 7. He's efficient. He protects the rim. He moves really well for his size. I absolutely love Vlad Golden. Like, he is the type of guy uh, who'd, who could really be a game changer in the paint. And again, like him, John L. Davis, uh, they wanted a package deal. Like, I would, I would give him Muss's salary to get both of those guys in here. Like, it, like, I absolutely love those two dudes. And uh, yeah, I'd like to see both of them play at a higher level. chemistry there, too. Yes. Just from, oh, you know, having man. gone to, you know, being this close to being to a national championship. Yes. You know, just, just last year. Yeah. And, we'll, and, hell, they might get back there this year. I mean, they're going to win the AAC by, like, five games. For sure. Especially with Memphis tanking. So, uh, Memphis yeah, those dudes. Memphis tanking, aren't they? Whew. And, honestly, like, not to spend too much time at this on at all, but you know, like if if Musk were to leave hypothetically in the off season, um, you know, like I know there's some attractive, more established names out there, but I mean, I kind of be looking at old Dusty May being like, look at what this dude has done in a in a cracker back uh, a cracker jack box of a, a gym, yeah, and uh, you know, he's got these guys who have this eligibility who haven't transferred yet that could you know maybe dip into the portal, and I'm just saying, just throwing it out there, yeah, it wouldn't be the worst thing. You keep running into these teams, Scotty, that that we've seen in person before. Like everybody from the Bahamas was on your list, including Stanford. Yeah, uh, this is the dude that was talking about uh, out toughing Arkansas, and uh, every time he rolls to the basket, it's a bucket. All and I they... have to do is roll <laughs> the rim, and I get a layup. Yeah, uh, Max. What do you say, Maxime or Maxime? Renaud seven one two fifty. Either or, I big mean, Frenchman. He gets here. I'll ask him what he, what, how he wants his name pronounced, and we'll just roll with that. Um, from France, he's got a little bit of he's got a little bit of stuff to him. He does uh, a little bit. Fourteen point six points, ten boards a game, so it averages a double double. Um, Daniel Gafford might also be the last player that came close to averaging a double double as a big man. Um, and and like you said, Arkansas prepped for him and played for him already in the Bahamas. They know what he's about. Uh, I think he's a big plus on the glass. Can shoot threes too. Yeah. Um, I mean, the volume's probably not there. I can't remember exactly what his three point field goal attempt numbers are. They're not high. I want to say they're between like thirty and forty. Uh, so plenty, twenty plus games into a season is obviously it's not a lot, but one plus per game, um, almost you know over thirty eight percent on limited attempts. They can hurt you in a bunch of different ways, and um, you know Jared Haas really likes him. Obviously, he w- wouldn't be playing him. Um, but he's he's one of the guys on a Stanford team that, you know, they, they need him to play well on a nightly basis. You know, maybe you put him around a little bit more talent. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you can really maximize him. For sure, yeah. And I, I like no Jared pun, Haas. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. There was definitely pun intended. Uh, Jared Haas, I liked him. You know, we were able to talk to him in the Bahamas, but I think a lot of people were surprised that he still had the job. Um, and they've yeah. been okay this year, but they're not – it's not going anywhere. And yeah. so I feel like I've heard the Jared Haas hot seat talk since was it maybe right after the Bahamas? Maybe that's when that started cuz I mean that was it's a team that went 0 and 3. Yeah. In that tournament. So I, f- yeah, I feel like true. I have heard some hot seat talk for him so um keep your keep your eyes on on Max May Raynaud uh if if his name comes available in the portal. He's a I really enjoyed watching him. Like and he didn't do anything that really was like, man, Arkansas really, really needs that. But I think he's a guy that's 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 pretty steady. He is for sure. I wonder if this is finally the end of the road for Leonard Hamilton at at Florida Ooh. State. It very well could be. He's the best looking old coach out there, dude. If I look like him, at he's damn near eighty. He looks great. Yeah, he really does. Never gonna change, <sighs> man. First of all, the Seminoles have a guy Arkansas could have taken last spring that they didn't in Jameer Watkins, uh, who was formerly at VCU. He came with Caleb Battle on his visit. They were boys, and he just didn't come. And I I think they actually prioritized Davenport over him. But uh, he's having a really nice season for them. But, again, he's a second-time transfer now, and it's tough, especially when you're just at your first year at a new school to qualify Mm -hmm. as a grad. So I have no idea. But, like, if he became available, I'd like to have him. I mean, he's 6'7". 225 pounds he's athletic he can shoot like he kind of fits that whole mode I don't know um but another guy that I kind of have my eyes on just in case uh because listen like we said earlier 
You know, Arkansas, they're going to be bringing eight to ten guys. Like, not every single one of them is going to be a stud. You have to have some role guys. You need some youngsters. Sure. Keep an eye on Taylor Bull Bowen. He's, I mean, he's a 6'10 freshman. Uh, he's kind of in that Brazil mode of a guy who's got great length. He grew a lot, uh, kind of had a late growth spurt. Some perimeter skill set there. Like, you could see a guy who could develop into a, a pretty versatile player. Um Look, man, not a guy who's lit it up in his first season, but he's been averaging double-digit minutes per game in the ACC, like as a true freshman at Florida State. He's also a guy that Arkansas pursued really heavily for a while uh, before backing off later in his recruitment. I saw him play live on multiple occasions. Like, he's a really, really good kid. He's smart. He's a good teammate. He's got a really high ceiling. I like him. So, again, like you look at the the numbers and you're like, how much is this guy really going to help? Well, Hey, if you're a true freshman playing double-digit minutes in your first season in the ACC, like, Blocker's barely doing that in the SEC, and people yeah. think he's got something to him. Well, try a, a 6'10 dude who can stretch the floor and, and is athletic as hell, and there you go. Like, somebody who could develop and, uh, you know, maybe not come in right away expecting to be a 30-minute-per-game guy, but somebody who could help you. And so that, those kind of guys stand out to me, and I think he'd definitely be one, given the history, that to, to maybe keep an eye on there. Um, Ohio State, first of all, like, what are they do? Like, I just don't good, understand how that program is not better than they are given their situation. But yeah, they might be looking to make a change soon, and uh, they definitely got they got some talented players. Bruce Thornton's really good, and he's from Georgia, not the country, but JD Nota area. There we go. Um, listen to this: ninety-seven assists to twenty-one turnovers this year, and he's a sophomore, so he's a kid that he's up to speed. On wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Say it again. 97 assists to 21 turnovers. Dude, I didn't see that. Did I say that right the first time? I, I Well, I, it just struck me. It was so outrageous have. that it struck me. Yeah, carry on. Sorry. Yeah, like <laughs> Arkansas needs one of those freaking guys like that just, you know, finds open guys and just doesn't give the ball up. Um, and he's a sophomore this year. And so he it seems like that tells me that he's picked up the college game uh, at least pretty well or, you know, he, he only went through – uh, it seems like he only went through the growing pains that he might have had during his freshman year. It looks, it looks like he fits the brick shithouse category. Of a, <laughs> I mean, he really does. 6'2", 215, that's, that's, that's pretty solid, brother. That's, like that, Arkansas is going to put that on the spring practice field here in a, in a few weeks. Exactly. 6'2", 215. Yeah. <laughs> um, almost 35% three-point shooter for his career, and he leads Ohio State in scoring, leads them in minutes, leads them in steals wow so that's uh i don't know if that's exactly what you're looking for in a point guard but the assist to turnover number will tell you that it is but it's a guy that you get and you're not taking him off the floor because like even if he's even if he's not shooting the three well he can defend for you you can count on him um and he's going to take care of the basketball that's a guy that stays on the floor a lot what's their coach's name Brother, I can't even. Couldn't so anybody even know you. Andrew Ellis? I see you over there. You know Ohio State's men's basketball coach's name. Why can't I remember this dude's name? Thank you, Chris Holtman. Chris That's Holtman. why we wanted you in yes. here so bad. Holtman. Yeah, Chris Holtman. Holtman Thank you. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, man, they got another guy again. These big international men. It seems that we uh, we have a fondness for him. <laughs> Felix Okpara. I hope I'm saying your name right, buddy. Six eleven, two thirty five from Nigeria. Looked at his Ken Pompeji's top 15 in the country in block rate. Great. Rim protection, check. 61.5% on two-point field goal attempts. Efficient around the rim, check. Um, and then you want like you want your big guy to be really good on, on the glass on both ends of the floor, top 130 in both areas. What I like about him, and I'll go back to rim protection for a second, 52 blocks for the season. No other Ohio State player has more than 14. Oh, wow. So He's holding it down. It's like if, if – Nobody on Ohio State roster is blocking shots. Um, Felix Okapara might. So, I, and he's just a sophomore this year, so he's yeah. you know still a young guy. I love a, a, a big fella who averages more rebounds than points. When it's like a yeah. like a legitimate amount of playing time, like 6.6 points, 7 rebounds, I love that, especially if you're blocking a bunch of shots. For sure. Give me, give me that. I like that we're starting to add to – the the legit like center big men on yeah, the board. I, f- I feel like when I went through all of these teams and I was identifying guys, I was like, man, this is, 
you know, I feel like I was kind of guard slash wing heavy mm -hmm. or, um, you know, like a small ball four or five type guy. Yeah. But we're getting, we're getting some meat. In we are. With, with these new guys. Speaking of an excellent segue here, uh, Oklahoma state, like boy, Mike Boynton, he's on the struggle bus, man. And, and Kate Cunningham ain't walking through that door anytime soon. Definitely is not. Like the they Pistons, really got the Pistons really need him. Yeah. <laughs> they really got screwed that year with the, uh, the sanctions that they got that no one else received, but he just hasn't, he hasn't been able to figure it out there. The big 12 is a tough league, whatever. Anyway, um, that situation seems like it might be coming to a boiling point there. There are actually three former Arkansas recruits to keep an eye on. If that job pops open, the main one that I want to talk about though is Brandon Garrison. I, okay. I love Brandon Garrison and Arkansas recruited him pretty heavily. I think they were in his, maybe his final, final six, final four or something. Uh, but he, you know, he took a visit and everything. Uh, just awesome, awesome kid. And he was one, he's played on the, you know, USA U18 team and everything like that. So he's got a lot of experiences. Um, man, just freshman big man starting in the Big 12. You know, he's 6'11, 245. He's long as hell. He moves really well. Um, I've seen him, you know, switch on pick and rolls and be able to hold his own, be able to hold up in those situations. Yeah. Like he moves his feet well for his size. Uh, I mean, seven points, five and a half boards as a as a true freshman in that league. I mean, he's guarding Hunter Dickinson in there. You know what right, I mean? Right. Um, and and so I I just really really like him. I feel like he's a contributor on a winning program at Arkansas right from the jump. And honestly, uh, he kind of strikes me as a guy who might be on the Jalen Williams arc. Who okay, you know, has a has a solid freshman season, and by the end of the year, like you know who he is. But then he becomes a household name his second year. Like, I, I think he's a pro. Uh, really, really like him. He's an Oklahoma kid uh, who was recruited yeah, heavily by Arkansas. And and so if he hit the portal, like, that would be a dude who I think would draw some interest. Another one, speaking of brick shit houses again, uh, <laughs> Keon Williams. I don't know how familiar you are with his name, but he's a Jonesboro kid. Did not realize he was from Jonesboro. No. Yeah, and so he was back and forth. He was at Jonesboro. He transferred. He might have been at maybe one of those prep schools or maybe somewhere in Texas. I, I don't remember, but then he came back to Jonesboro a senior year. Uh, but yeah, six, five, two twenty as a guard, he's strong as a freaking ox, man. And so he brings like the toughness, the intensity, the physicality. Um, and, and listen, like he was kind of always a, a work in progress as a, as an offensive threat, as a shooter, at least. Um, but Hey, low volume, he's coming around. Like he's, I think he's like 10 of 27 or something on the year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, enough there, but he just brings, I think, what Arkansas has been missing, which is just that jacked wing who will just, like, dive on the floor or just knock you or, like, absolutely run through you on a screen. Right. Or if he's bumping cutters and he puts somebody on their rear end, like, he's that kind of yeah, guy. He can send a, a message that's not, yeah. not just exactly. know, from the offensive end. Yeah. He's an in-state kid. Too. Like, I, I really, really like Keon a lot, and, and I think he's been playing some good ball. Uh, one more, and we don't have the stats for him, but I, I just want to throw it out there. Justin McBride, he, he's 6'8", 230-pound freshman there. Uh, Arkansas was on him pretty heavily early in high school recruiting, um, and then he kind of tailed off, but then he just – his before his senior year, that EYBL and into Peach Jam, like he just freaking blew up, and they were too late getting in. Um, but he's really interesting player. Like He's got a quirky game. He used to play with Ron Holland, um, you know, maybe a four or a small ball, five – uh, he's he's not that athletic, maybe kind of a little bit more below the rim than you would like, but he's just got uh he's got some craft to his game. He can step out and shoot the three. So not playing a ton as a true freshman, but again, he's one of those guys who maybe if he becomes available, you look at him and you say, Hey, you know what? We could get this dude in here for a few years and maybe we got something to work with there. Right. Minnesota. Last guy for me. Minnesota. I, I even questioned putting a Minnesota kid on this list because Minnesota lost to Missouri mm. at home. At yeah, home. It's, it's tough. But Cam Christie, We might be saying that about Arkansas in a couple <laughs> weeks, though. So Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Cam Christie, 6'6", 190, um, over 10 points a game. He's a freshman. He's a freshman. Um, over 39% three-point shooting this year. Good volume again. Um Dude. Again, like I think there's a, there's a major difference in shooting 39% on like 40 attempts and then shooting 39% on 
you know, 100, 120. Yeah. Um, he's doing that. Low turnovers. He's, his assist to turnover ratio is nearly three to one. And for a Minnesota team as a freshman, he started their last 13 games. And so he's, you know, he's, he's got the trust of their, of their coaching staff. And I think there's like a lot of these guys that I've mentioned today are young guys like freshmen or sophomores. And so I think there's, they're guys that have shown a lot of promise and they still have room to grow, room to take that next step and really, mm-hmm. you know, make a name for themselves. And Love that. Six six one ninety from Illinois. Um, I just think I think he's super talented. I, I really liked what I what I found out about him when I was doing some research on him. I mean, you had me at at six six and thirty nine percent from three. Like, that's, oh yeah, yeah, that's ideal. You had me right there. Um, you know who didn't lose to Missouri? Vanderbilt. There you go. Listen, man. Perfect um, segue. They're they are not good at basketball. Yeah. Uh, but they were last year, and Tyron Lawrence was a huge, huge reason why. Tyron Lawrence gave Arkansas fits when they went there last year, buddy. That dude is a bucket, an yeah. absolute bucket. Like he and he actually entered the transfer portal in the offseason. And I, I thought he was going to Auburn for a while. Uh there was another SEC school. It doesn't matter. I, I can't remember who it was, but I, I thought he might be heading that way too. Uh, then he he ultimately came back. Like Vanderbilt's NIL situation is tough. Um, so he's back, and you know, I, I don't know that he's a like a draft NBA draft kind of guy, but you know, he will be, you know, grad transfer eligible, and I'd be surprised if, if he didn't try to go somewhere else for his final year. Uh, dude, <laughs> that that guy comes in, he's a starter right away. Um, at the two, you can play him at the one, whatever you need to do. Yeah, I think he's um, draft eligible in 25. Now. Yeah, and then, I, like, you look at some of it, like, you know, his field goal percentage is sub 40% this year, but, like, he has to literally do everything for those guys. Right. And so I hear you. It's like, oh, L. Ellis had to do everything for Louisville. No, 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 this ain't that. Tyron Lawrence is a hooper. Yeah, like, for sure. We've seen it firsthand many times. Uh, that dude is good. He could absolutely help Arkansas in a really, in a really, really big way. Um, do we just, like, doubled our – our board we definitely did we're gonna have to flip it around i know and here's here's the beauty of this is like here's what i hope happens is obviously like none of these guys are available yet but they're gonna be right some of them some of them and so what i hope is that you know we're trying to be as realistic as we can in terms of uh you know what we know arkansas likes to identify um who would be like the, the the guys off the most likely teams who would hit the portal we're trying to be as realistic as possible, knowing that you know some of these guys are going to hit the portal, some of them aren't. But what will be cool is when we get to that point and some of these guys start to enter and you hear the names, you hear Arkansas's contacted so-and-so, and then you guys are going to be able to go, oh, damn, I remember Scotty and Curtis talking about them. You yep. can come back and listen to this, and you can look at our board. We got it, okay? That's what we're going for. And you started this board in late January. Yeah, right? come on, man. And so if they wind up having, oh, man, just get, let us, just get us one – but if they wind up nabbing three or four of these guys, like we're gonna listen. I'm not I'm not big on, you know, commission or or holding up my, out my hand, but I will be sending Musk, my Venmo, Cash App, whatever, and yeah. just being like, listen, dude. You got you're gonna have to do that. I know yeah. you're tuned so in it's on like the a, treadmill. It's like a finder's fee. Yeah. I mean it's bi week. I mean, these guys aren't hard to find, but you know, yeah. just you single them out, identify them, put them out there. There's no doubt in my mind he's on the stairmaster right now. Just listen to this. He's like, ah. Kirsten Scotty, those guys are all right sometimes. Let me just see what they have to say. I don't know. Jim Rome's don't not know on what, yet. I don't know what it is about their Furman <laughs> obsession, but you know, watch Furman UNCG on Sunday. Yeah, it's like I see why they liked all four of those guys. Yeah, exactly. Out, you know, exactly. So I, that's that's where we're at with this. But no, this was uh, this was a lot of fun. The bye week, you know, it, it's kind of weird not having a game in the middle of the week, but it gives us an opportunity to do something like this when. Uh, the actual product on the floor hasn't been great. Not so good, I, dude. There's like there's really nothing to talk about until no, man. You know, maybe we get to talk to Eric later in the week or just kind of like what are the keys to like getting above 500 again? Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't think anybody wants to listen to that. Devo mid-week. back, good or bad? Like uh, we're, we're, trust me, we will have talked about that plenty. So like we um, don't know if it is good or bad. Like I think best case scenario is good. Worst case scenario, it's like you keep you continue probably to more get, the same. You continue to get twenty percent three point shooting. So yeah, exactly. The other, exactly. All right. Got anything else? I don't. Bro. I'm I good. I think we, we I nailed think it, man. Nailed it. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Well, hopefully everybody enjoys this. I know it was a little bit of a lengthy episode, but 
hell, it's going to be a lengthy off season. So we're trying to get you primed up the best we can. Um, we're going to have this all in our back pocket when, uh, when portal season actually hits the day after selection Sunday. So, uh, good stuff. We will be back on Friday and hopefully we'll talk a little ball. Maybe we'll talk to Musk between now and then we'll see if that happens or not. Um, but you know, we got to look at at what this team's going to be able to do, you know, over the course of these next nine games, what it's going to look like, what's the approach, How's Devo going to factor in? Can they beat Georgia and exact a little bit of revenge? I don't know about any of those things, but we're going to talk about it. Uh, for Scotty Borderline, this has been Curtis Wilkerson with Natty State Sports. Appreciate you for tuning in to Pod the Palace. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. We'll see you guys on Friday. <music>